0: to this week's A Photographic Life. I talk a lot about photography. I write about it, teach about it, and talk about it, of course, here on this podcast. Therefore, I often find myself answering the same questions, saying the same things, and explaining the same beliefs. So I decided to compile a manifesto based on those beliefs and conversations, I put it out on the United Nations of Photography website and also on Twitter. And I have to say, on the whole, it's been incredibly positively received. I'm going to discuss, after I've read you the manifesto, a couple of the points that weren't so well received. Uh, But we'll save those for later. So here we go. The photographer's manifesto, according to me. Number one. Ask questions and don't expect many answers. Number two, listen, read and watch. Number three, look for the light. Number four, don't worry about cameras, but understand the one you use. Number five, Photoshop is not photography. Number six, you're only as good as what you show, not what you make. Number seven, editing is choosing and it is an art. Number eight, know the history to inform the present and shape the future. Number nine, style is transitory. Language is not. Storytelling requires language. And number 10, photography looks easy. It is not. So the one of those, uh, the one Elements of that manifesto that seemed to cause a re- reaction was number five: Photoshop is not photography. And I suppose I shouldn't have been surprised by that, because those Photoshop warriors out there seem to be incredibly um, strong in their beliefs. But the reaction I heard, particularly on a uh, forum, a uh, uh, Facebook forum, and I know what you're going to say, Grant. You keep saying that you're not going to get pulled back into them. But this week, I did get pulled back in. I made one post of the manifesto, and hey-ho, all hell broke loose once again. So, the reaction was amongst those who seemed to wish to align Photoshop with Darkroom Process, The defence of Photoshop manipulation is interesting. And to me, it opens up some interesting attitudes to what I'm revealing, I suppose, attitudes to what photography is and what constitutes a successful image, a disagreement that's over a hundred years old. I would say that the darkroom is reproduction process and Photoshop is pure manipulation. The argument that they are the same misses the point of Photoshop's narrow purpose alongside the darkroom's opportunity for manipulation and reproduction and therefore distribution of the image. It also harks back to the traditional and technical expectations of the pictorialists. I know for sure that I don't feel that a successful image has to fulfil any set agenda set by technicians or people who are obsessed with the idea of post-production perfection. Speaking of Photoshop, I found three particularly good quotes concerning that post-production process, that software app, and all three of them were by non-photographers, which made me even happier. So here they go. Tyra Banks, the American model, said, There is three key things for good photography. The camera, lighting and Photoshop. Well, I disagree with that. Well, two out of the three, maybe two out of the three are completely and utterly irrelevant. Here's another one, which I agree with a little bit more. Not surprisingly, I suppose, because it's by Bill Murray. Bill said, alcohol is really just the liquid version of Photoshop. I kind of like that. And finally, the American actor and uh, comedian Tina Fey said, Photoshop is just like makeup. When it's done well, it looks great. And when it's overdone, you look like a crazy asshole. In effect, Photoshop is manipulation and an art form. But in my opinion, it's an art form that sits separately from the art of photography. Therefore, Photoshop is not photography. As regular listeners will know, this podcast has had all sorts of things go wrong over the the months. We've had rain, we've had dogs barking, we've had the postman arriving. I have to say, recently, it's been going a little better than usual. Not sure that's a good thing, but we'll stick with it anyway. But when things go wrong, they often go right in my experience. And 10 years ago, I used to write a monthly column in Professional Photographer magazine, which I edited. Uh, And that column was titled, I Know Because I Was There. The idea was that I would give an inside track on photo shoots I'd been involved with as an art director and a photographer over the years. After a few months writing the column, I realised that uh, actually the column consisted of a series of failures, mistakes and then inevitable successes. The first two often leading to the third, putting Kylie Minogue into a vast Perspex box, Meg Ryan with a photographer a little over the limit with various substances, racing a photographer down a hill before a shoot which resulted in the photographer with peas strapped to his leg and transported in a wheelbarrow, two photographers having a nuclear breakdown on a Lady Gaga shoot in tropical heat with me trying to keep everything on the level, An English actor refusing to be photographed, looking happy. Another demanding his scalp to be painted with mascara to hide his hair loss. I could go on and on. I'm sure you have many such stories to tell. But the point of what I'm saying here is don't be concerned with failure. Don't worry about failure. Failure can often lead to success, but it can also prevent us, that fear, um, from doing things. So don't feel the failure, enjoy the failure, and then hopefully the success will follow on. This week, we welcome to the podcast explaining what photography means to her in less than five minutes, Rachel Wright. Rachel's originally from a village in Northamptonshire, and she moved to London and worked in the music industry, mainly as a publicist for most of her 20s. She moved to New York and... Using her contacts in music and magazines, began working as a photographer. Aside from a couple of courses at the Institute of Contemporary Photography New York on studio lighting and colour darkroom printing, she is self-taught. Wright got her break by going on tour with bands and working for music magazines such as Q and the NME. She's worked with all the major record labels and with bands such as Coldplay and Mumford and Sons. Her images have been published in The Times, The Guardian, GQ, L, Billboard, Mojo and The Sunday Times magazine. Her work has been selected to appear in the American Photography Archive for the last two years and she recently received an honourable mention in the International Photography Awards 2020. Wright's commercial campaigns include work for Marc Jacobs, Converse, Barclaycard and Michelin. She lives in Los Angeles, California.
1: I actually find it quite difficult to articulate what photography means to me and I think that's partly down to not having any kind of background in the arts you know I don't have any formal art education and none of my family are artists and I think having that kind of a background kind of instills a vocabulary in you where you're able to express something visual using words and language but for me photography kind of is the language whether it's the concept of photography the process or the final product it's more of an intuitive thing and when I'm engaging with it whether it's my work or someone else's I tend to be thinking in feelings not words as a kid my parents particularly my mum were always taking photos and Documenting our lives and that's something that I did in my teenage years too and it was the 90s so it was all pre-digital and I got to come of age before the internet and social media thank God um, but I would document our school trips on this black plastic point and shoot and I vividly remember taking my film to boots and having to wait what felt like forever for those 6 by 4 prints to come back and it's the same feeling I have now when I pick up negatives, it's that kind of anticipation and the delayed gratification of seeing the results and it makes it feel more magical and less kind of clinical and perfunctory which I think digital sometimes feels to me, it feels, less, it feels less like work. Um, but even like back then I never felt like I was making art, I mean I was 14 and I wasn't making art let's not kid ourselves but it wasn't something I took seriously or imagined it could be a job and I think that comes back to kind of not having anyone around me who was anywhere near an artist so I didn't see it growing up it was just something I enjoyed and and I think the part that I enjoyed was the freezing of moments and Kind of being able to hold on to them forever. And I think the essence of that is still in my work today. As an adult, particularly in the last 10 years where photography has been my profession, its meaning has kind of gained a lot more depth and it's, without wishing to sound pretentious, it's kind of become a part of who I am really. It's a tool for exploration and it's a way to feed my curiosity, which is a polite way of saying I'm a bit nosy, so now I get to be professionally nosy. (laughs) Um, It's an outlet and a form of expression. And I think it's given me a sense of self and it's taught me to listen to and have faith in my instincts. And I think that's made me trust myself more in life in general, actually. Um, hopefully it's been a way to contribute and to be of service. Photography gave me the opportunity to live in America, which is something that I'd always dreamt of as a kid. It led me to my partner. It's given me the ability to work for myself, which obviously comes with its own problems, which is another podcast for another day. But I wouldn't trade the independence I have now for anything and I'm speaking as someone who has had quote-unquote proper jobs. I think photography has shown me my strengths and my struggles as a human being, sometimes on a daily basis. (laughs) It is the bane of my life and it's also the great joy of my life and I think those two things kind of go hand in hand and they amplify each other and galvanize each other I look back on the last 10 years and I can't actually believe where photography's taken me and I'm genuinely intrigued where it will take me in the future because I'm not really the type of person that has a five-year plan and as much as I wish I could be that person it just doesn't really work for me um but regardless of that I've got this kaleidoscope of experiences and like lifetimes worth of stories because my camera's been like a passport to other worlds and I've been to so many places that I wouldn't otherwise have been and I've been in so many interesting and weird and hilarious and sometimes excruciating situations and I've met some really incredible people and I've met some really awful people and the amateur psychologist in me kind of revels in both those types. I would say even at my lowest points when things haven't necessarily been going well, photography has been my north star and I don't think I actually realised that until I sat down and really thought about the question. What does photography mean to me? But, you know, it's it's the one thing that I always come back to, no matter what. And I think the enduring theme with me in photography is that it's a compulsion. I've always felt compelled to make pictures with a camera, to capture a feeling, whether it's mine or someone else's, and make it visual. And I think there's an alchemy to making a good photograph, because... You can have a good recipe and you can have a good method but there's this secret ingredient and it doesn't belong to the photographer and it's really infuriating because you can't predict it and you can't plan for it and you can't fake it. You just have to keep showing up and you hope it shows up too Um, because when it does I kind of think it feels a bit like magic and... I think that is what I go looking for every time. And I think it's the pursuit of that and of that feeling that makes me just keep showing up.
0: Thank you, Rachel, for your contribution this week. It's interesting, isn't it? Somebody who says they don't have the, the background or the education to speak about it, speaking so eloquently and so well. Also interesting, I just picked up there the amount of nostalgia I felt in her contribution, which directly links with last week's podcast. Uh, Something else I want to briefly talk about this week is uh, stock photography. Two words guaranteed to cause upset, heated debate and conflicting views. I have mine and I'm sure you have yours. Well, in the last week, Getty Images have joined with Unsplash. They describe this alliance like this. With more than 100 million images downloaded every month... The Unsplash platform powers the creativity of tens of millions of creators via the Unsplash website and thousands of partner integrations through the Unsplash API. Getty Images powers the world's corporate and media communications through more than 425 million images and videos from the world's top visual experts. Award-winning content creators, producers, partners, the world's deepest digital archive of historic photography and world-class support technology and capabilities. I stress that's how Getty view the situation. I know that sounds like an advert for them. It isn't meant to be. I'll leave you to create your own press release for something many will see as yet another nail in the coffin of stock. I think one of the most common photographs to have been taken and shared over the last couple of weeks, and I'm sure it's going to continue through the summer, are people who've been vaccinated taking their vaccination selfie and posting it up. I don't uh, criticise that at all. I think there's a real sense of relief um, amongst a lot of people when they finally receive that vaccination. I know I felt it, and my wife has received her vaccination in the last week as well. So it's really good news for us as a family. Obviously, there's a long way to go over the coming weeks and months, but I really hope that all of you, take your vaccine. This isn't uh, sponsored by the NHS or any other uh, medical organisation. It's just sponsored by Common Sense. So do please get your vaccine. Keep taking uh, your mask out with you. Work in COVID um, safe situations and just be respectful, kind and generous to those around you. For me, empathy is one of the central aspects of photography. I started off talking about Photoshop. Empathy is much, much more important than Photoshop. You don't get it on a monthly subscription. You have to work hard for it. But when you get it and when you employ it, the rewards are much greater than moving some colour around or changing some levels or adding some layers. Anyway, as you can tell, I'm not a huge Photoshop fan. It's a tool like any other tool. Come to the end of this week. Hope you've enjoyed it. Have a great week coming up and take care.